listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. The scripture reading is Matthew first. Uh, chapter 5, verses 38 to 48, found on, in your pew Bible on pages 786 and 787. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Good morning. Before I begin, I have to tell you, I usually walk up and down and all around when I speak, so I've been warned if there are people in the balcony to see me, I have to stay here. If I start traveling, just scream, hello, in the balcony. Thank you for inviting me to stand before you today. It is my hope that either through me or despite me, the words and the message that God wants us to hear today will reach your heart. My words are only reminders of what we live every day. St. Francis wrote more than just one prayer, you know. My favorite words of St. Francis are these. Preach the gospel at all times, and when absolutely necessary, use words. Let that sink in. Today is the first anniversary of the Jewish massacre in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The people of the Tree of Life community had gathered in their holy sanctuary to celebrate their faith, just as we have gathered here today. And a man shouting anti-Semitic slurs opened fire inside the synagogue on that Saturday morning, killing 11 congregants and wounding several others. 
the assault on the synagogue unfolded on a quiet morning and amid a surge of hate-related speech and crimes across America. The governor of Pennsylvania said that afternoon, we simply cannot accept this violence as a normal part of American life. The senseless acts of violence are not who we are as Pennsylvanians and not who we are as Americans. And of course, I add this morning, not who we are as people who follow Jesus. When the world around us seems hate-filled, what can we do? What should we do? And you saw the title of the message. And I know there's at least one English teacher sitting in this room right now. And you have to explain to the children about the double negative, but I actually mean don't do nothing. Translated, do something. Let me read the holy text again, this time from a translation called The Message. Verse 38. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the life of a servant. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm changing that. It's in quotes. These are Jesus' words. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer, for then you are working out of your true self, your God self. This is what God does. God gives us the best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, you expect a bonus for that? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill person can do that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. You see, Jesus forgave and he returned love for hate every chance he got. That's what the New Testament tells us. Remember the words on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How about his followers? Remember the story of St. Stephen, the first Christian martyr? As he was being stoned to death, he was saying, forgive them. Now, I'll be the first to admit that forgiveness is one of the toughest lessons that I teach at the Interfaith Center, and it's one of the toughest to learn. How on earth are we supposed to forgive someone who is violent? Someone who takes something from us that we had no intention of giving. 
How do we forgive a family member who does us wrong? How do we forgive a leader who pulls us into situations we don't want to be in? How do we forgive a person who changes our lives forever by terrorizing us? Number one, pray. But thoughts and prayers are not enough. While you continue to pray, look for the helpers. In our daily assault from the media, look for the helpers. One of the messages I hear frequently in pastoral care is, I'm just so weary of the news. Then don't watch it. Just get the highlights. Don't let yourself get emotionally drained so you no longer can be a helper. Be a helper. Socrates taught us the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, an ordained pastor, you knew that, right? Okay. Presbyterian, but... He taught us to look for the helpers. When children would watch the news and get upset, he said, look for the helpers. There are always helpers. Focus on them. Our job is to be the helpers. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, just be present with someone. Look for the helpers. Number two. Take action. Now, okay, we don't live close enough to have taken food over to a family in Pittsburgh a year ago. We couldn't visit the wounded and comfort the families in Dayton, Ohio, or Odessa, Texas in August. But each of us can do something. I learned this lesson from my 88-year-old mother. Last year, when my daughter, who's a very, very huge social activist, was talking about writing to senators and writing to the Congress people on a specific issue, my mother was visiting, and I was talking about what we can do, and she said, I can't do anything. I'm 88 years old. I said, wait. You could talk to your senator. She has never done that in her life. I had the number because my daughter gave it to me for my mother's senator in Pennsylvania, where she lived. And I said, what are you going to say? She said, well, I don't believe that's right. I said, that's what you tell them. You open with your name and your address, and you say, you are my representative, and here's what I think. I gave her the phone. She did it. We can all do something. Let Channel 10 catch you at a vigil. The news people were there, weren't they, Martha, when we were at that vigil? Right, Dick? We saw them. Building a sign to carry is an act of spiritual practice because you are passionate about what you're doing in God's name. That's doing something good. That's being a helper. You're putting your love and energy into the world for a cause that matters to you. Or pen a handwritten letter to children 
in a school in the town that where a tragedy occurs. Google the school district, and if you don't know how to Google something, I will come to your house and do it with you because it's important to start doing these things. I don't make those, that's not a threat. I really would come if you called me because I believe in helping each other. Look up the school district and write a letter to the principal and tell them somebody in Brockport, New York is still loving you, is still a good person, the world is not awful, that as I hand wrote this letter, I was pouring out my love for your students and asked them to read it over the loudspeaker. You can do that. Write a letter to the children who are afraid. These are some of the first steps in forgiveness, too, because as you do these things, we, we're growing as we practice these kinds of actions. We're growing in spirit as well. Let's look at today's scripture one more time. We're going to talk about restorative justice, not punitive justice, but justice all the same. The Old Testament teaches an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, these words show up three times in the Old Testament. It was part of the law. But the concept was not just to turn the other cheek and, and lie down like a doormat. The concept was in the law so that justice was the same equal playing field as the crime. So the punishment fits the crime. It was to prevent magistrates and other people from giving unfair punishment for a crime and overdoing it and abusing their power. That's what it was for, but it's sort of gotten twisted over the years. It doesn't mean to get revenge. Even in the Old Testament, that's not what it meant. And then Jesus came along and revamped the laws of old. That's why we read the New Testament. Jesus brings restorative justice to replace the punitive justice and forgiveness, radical forgiveness. Radical forgiveness. Jesus taught that we should be guided by more noble principles coming always from a place of love, not a place of fear. Hatred is one of the disguises that fear wears. A small example of how restorative justice is being used right now is in schools where ISS, or in-school suspension, is being replaced with yoga and meditation. Have you read about it? Look it up. It's fascinating. Fascinating to restore the children instead of punish. And our last return to scripture, turning the other cheek in no way means we close our eyes to evil. It in no way means we simply lie down and take it. It means we rise above the situation. Don't return evil for evil. Overcome evil with good. Don't punish the wrongdoer unjustly. And constant forgiveness should be added to our daily spiritual practice. And today, don't do nothing. Pick up the phone this afternoon and text or call one of your Jewish friends and say, 
I remember. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.